Growing up, your parents probably did a lot of things that made you think that they had no idea what they were doing. Or maybe you thought they were being overbearing or overprotective. Well, after today's story, you'll probably feel a lot better about your parents and how they raised you. We're looking at the story of Gypsy Road Blanchard today on Our Weird World. Our Weird World. Welcome to Our Weird World. I'm your host, John Henson, and we have officially made it to double digits. I'm really excited that I've committed to this so far. So that's good. Uh, today is another one of my favorite stories just because of how crazy it gets. Um, I don't think it beats Bob Birch told in the Broberg family just in terms of the overall insanity of it, but this one gets pretty close. Uh, and as a lot of these stories are going to go, it's another great example of terrible parenting. So let's get into it. Gypsy Rose Blanchard was born to an extremely Cajun family in Louisiana in the summer of 1991 to 24-year-old Dee Dee and 17-year-old Rod. Now, if you've never heard someone from Louisiana talk, uh, it sounds like they have a speech impediment because like their accent, it's not a Southern accent. It's not, you know, one of the New England accents. It's just, it, it, it almost sounds like they got that their speech impediment. Y'all, hey? And, uh, and the cadence and the rhythm there is not very good and they have a little trouble with the odds and a lot of other words that they have in there. And it's what it kind of sounds like. And I bet if I did the whole episode like this, you would probably get really upset and probably turn it off before it got done. All right. So lucky for you, we're not going to do that, but um, anyway, sorry. So 17 year old, uh, guy, 24 year old girl. Uh, but soon, like just before Gypsy was born, Rod realized that he had gotten married way too soon and he left the family. Um, and although Rod, you know, he remained a part of Gypsy's life. Dee Dee retained primary custody probably because, you know, Rod was, you know, only like 18 at the time. Well, when Gypsy was just three months old, Dee Dee became convinced that Gypsy was suffering from sleep apnea and she started taking her to the hospital and ordering multiple sleep tests. Each time, though, doctors found nothing, but Dee Dee assumed that she knew more than the doctors did because if you didn't know, all Cajuns are actually known for their medical expertise. And Dee Dee diagnosed Gypsy with a chromosomal disorder, which became the ultimate root of all of Gypsy's future fake health problems. Um, one day when Gypsy was seven, she was riding with her grandfather on her mo- on his motorcycle when the two got into just a small accident uh, and Gypsy ended up scraping her knee up on the pavement. Dee Dee immediately knew that this scrape would, was going to require several surgeries to fix. She put Gypsy in a wheelchair saying she was not able to walk anymore, even though Gypsy was very clearly able to do so. And Despite Gypsy's new imaginary permanent disability, Dee Dee still wanted the best for her daughter and got her enrolled in the Special Olympics. And she also got her named an honorary queen of the crew of Mid-City Parade, which is like the children's version of Mardi Gras. Well, after Gypsy completed second grade, Dee Dee removed her from school and began homeschooling her, believing that Gypsy's non-existent conditions were just too severe for her to be properly cared for outside of the home. Uh, Dee Dee and Gypsy moved in with uh, their grandparents 
uh, Claude and Laura, and they immediately raised concerns about how not sick Gypsy was. And Dee Dee responded by lacing Laura's food with Roundup over the next few years and got Laura really sick. And although it didn't kill her, Laura was bedridden for nine months and didn't actually make a full recovery until Dee Dee moved out. So once they did, once Dee Dee moved out of her parents' home, she moved uh, Gypsy to a public housing project in Slidell, which is a city about 30 miles north and northeast of, of New Orleans. She used public assistance assistance money that she had started receiving due to Gypsy's fabricated illnesses to pay the bills. And at that point, you know, by then, Dee Dee had set up a rotating cycle of doctor's appointments to various specialists, which now included treatment for vision and hearing disabilities that, and I cannot stress this enough, were not actually real. All right. Uh, Dee Dee then insisted that Gypsy had muscular dystrophy. And so doctors performed a muscle biopsy on her and like came back and said, no, everything is totally fine. Uh, Dee Dee also told doctors that Gypsy was suffering from seizures. So she somehow got them to prescribe her medication that left uh, Gypsy heavily sedated for most of every single day. Even more, Dee Dee conned several other doctors into performing multiple unnecessary surgeries on Gypsy, which included the installation of a feeding tube, even though Gypsy was perfectly capable of eating like a normal person. Uh, after Hurricane Katrina wiped out the entire area in 2005, um, which included uh, Gypsy's birth certificate and prior re- uh, medical records, Dee Dee moved Gypsy up to Springfield, Missouri. And once they got there, Dee Dee used their new story as Katrina survivors to have Gypsy honored as the Oli Foundation's 2007 Child of the Year. Uh, for context, the Oli Foundation advocates for the rights of feeding tube recipients, showing that there's there's a foundation for everything in the world now. Like, you, I don't think that you can create a foundation for something that doesn't already exist. And that's kind of impressive, but also just weird to me. Um, she also, Dee Dee also conned Habitat for Humanity into building them a brand new house with a hot tub. Okay. Uh, they also received free trips to Disney World and backstage passes to Miranda, multiple Miranda Lambert concerts from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Meanwhile, Rob was still down in Louisiana making monthly $1,200 child support payments, which good for him for being able to make that much money. Um, however, whenever he tried to visit Dee Dee would just change the plans um, at the last minute and prevent him from actually seeing Gypsy. And she also told Dee Dee was also telling neighbors that Rod was an abusive drug addict who never actually provided child support. So Dee Dee was getting a twelve hundred dollar check from Rod every month, but she was telling people that you know Rod wasn't around to help at all. Well, at this point, all of the medications and surgeries that Dee Dee had forced Gypsy to go through caused Gypsy's teeth and hair to start falling out. And whenever the two went into town, Dee Dee would hook Gypsy up to an oxygen tank and fill her feeding tube with Pediasure. Um, she later had Gypsy's saliva glands treated with Botox to control her drooling. And when all of that didn't work, when, you know, when that didn't work, she had the saliva glands removed altogether. She also had tubes permanently implanted into Gypsy's ears to treat all of the hearing problems that Gypsy didn't actually have. Finally. There was one doctor with a shred of common sense, and that was Dr. Bernardo Flasterstein, which is probably the doctoriest of all doctor names. And 
you know, he was he was one of the rounds that Dee Dee and Gypsy made and he got a little suspicious. And so he started ordering several blood tests and MRIs because he didn't believe that Gypsy had muscular dystrophy, among other things, despite Dee Dee's insistence that she actually did. Instead, uh, Dr. Flasterstein diagnosed Dee Dee with Munchausen syndrome by proxy, which is a condition uh, in which a caregiver creates the appearance of health problems in their child in order to benefit themselves, which is the most accurate diagnosis in the history of medical science. All right. Unfortunately, and this is where the story could have ended. But Dr. Flasterstein didn't report anything to social services because he doubted that authorities would actually believe him. Like it, things had gotten so crazy to this point that the doctor felt like it would have been a waste of time because authorities wouldn't possibly believe that there was a mother out there who had had her own child's saliva glands removed, tubes permanently inserted in her ears, a feeding tube, several surgeries, fake teeth implanted, all this kind of stuff for a child that was perfectly healthy otherwise. However, police responded to, or police received an anonymous call in 2009 that alerted them of all of the lies that Dee Dee was telling. But when police arrived to perform a check, Dee Dee claimed that she was purposely putting out bad information to make it harder for Rod to track her down. And, you know, along with her ordering Gypsy to act like a mentally disabled person, Police were totally convinced of everything and they closed the case. Well, as time progressed, Gypsy realized what was going on and began testing the limits of kind of her own independence. She joined an online dating site and began corresponding with various men who were just way too horny to care about all of the massive red flags going off all around Gypsy. Um, in 2011, while it, while she was attending a science fiction convention or yeah convention, uh, Gypsy ran away, only to be found later by Dee Dee in a hotel room with a man that she had met online. And you know, Dee Dee had found her before nothing had happened, but Dee Dee was furious. And when they got home, Dee Dee smashed Gypsy's computer and threatened to smash G- uh, Gypsy's fingers if she ever tried to run away again. And for the next two weeks after that, Dee Dee kept Gypsy handcuffed to the bed. She also filed paperwork with the Springfield police to have Gypsy listed as mentally incompetent, meaning that if Gypsy ever tried to escape again and went to tell police, she was like police were legally obligated to return her back to Dee Dee because the paper said that Gypsy had no would have no idea what she was talking about. However, Gypsy kept trying. Uh, after Dee Dee went to sleep each night, Gypsy got back on the dating sites and eventually met a man named Nicholas Godijohn from Wisconsin in 2012. Now, Godijohn was on the autism spectrum and he had a criminal record. And this is, this is, I mean, this is mind boggling to me. This is probably the one aspect of the story I do not, I can't wrap my head around. Godijohn had been arrested for watching porn and fondling himself in a McDonald's for over nine hours. That's like, there are so many questions that come up. Like first, how do you keep going for that long? Aren't you supposed to see a doctor if it lasts longer than four hours? How can you, who can watch the same thing for nine hours straight? At any point, did he have a cheeseburger in one hand and his rubbed raw penis in the other hand? And also, why did it take police or why did it take people that long to call police? I don't know. Anyway. Those are, that's just how my brain works. So 
Uh, as Gypsy and uh, Godijan corresponded over the next two years, their relationship developed like this weird BDSM element, even though Gypsy had no real idea of what she was getting into. Eventually, the two made plans to meet in Springfield, and one night, Dee Dee and Gypsy were out at the movies, and they had orchestrated this whole thing where Godijan would bump into Dee Dee, strike up a conversation, and then during the movie, Gypsy snuck out, met Godijan in the men's bathroom, and lost her virginity to him. Now, Gypsy found Nicholas Godijan as creepy as probably all of us did. But the two continued talking and eventually began making plans to free Gypsy and just rid the world of Dee Dee for good. In June of 2015, Nicholas uh, returned to Springfield, snuck into Gypsy's house. And at that point, Gypsy handed him duct tape and a knife and she ran into the bathroom and just kind of waited for everything to, to play out. And for the next several minutes, Gypsy listened to her mother scream as Nicholas stabbed her to death. And when everything was done, the two did it one more time. Uh, Gypsy grabbed $4,000 that Dee Dee had stuffed around the house, and they both ran off to a motel. Uh, to avoid getting caught with a murder weapon, Nicholas, for some reason, had it mailed back to his house in Wisconsin, even though they probably could have just gone somewhere and dumped it off. But, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, I don't want to make fun of people with autism, but... I don't know. They're usually they're pre, like some of them are genius level smart. I guess Nicholas was not one of them. On June 14th, a gypsy had just a bright idea of having Nicholas post about the murder on their joint Facebook page, Gypsy and Dee Dee's joint Facebook page. Several family members immediately saw the post and called police, who eventually broke into the house and found Dee Dee's body. And at that point, everyone kind of began to panic because they thought that Gypsy's health was in danger. And if she was missing without a wheelchair and her oxygen tank and her pirate's chest of medications, like she was going to be in serious trouble. However, uh, Aaliyah Woodmancy, who was Gypsy's closest friend in which she had confided all of this abuse and, and her relationship with Nicholas, told police and everyone else what was really going on. Uh, Aaliyah even, you know, had printouts of all of their conversations and police took that information and had authorities in Wisconsin raid Nicholas's home and taking him and Gypsy into custody. Uh, back in Springfield, uh, the sheriff had to just kind of explain like, man, we were all duped and, you know, they, 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 as, as time went on, as the trial went on, they, everyone realized just how much they had all been lied to, but also like how much abuse Gypsy had actually suffered. Um, at the trial, Gypsy accepted a plea bargain for her role in the murder and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Uh, Nicholas, on the other hand, was given a life sentence and, uh, yeah, that's the end of our story. Well, there you go. A truly insane story. And there are several documentaries out right now where Gypsy is interviewed uh, and you can hear her tell her side of the story firsthand. Uh, seems, seems like she's somehow turned out okay. Um, that's how she comes off in the interview. She seems like she's totally at peace with everything. She kind of understands how everything's going on. She does not come off as disabled at all. She seems perfectly healthy because she was she had been perfectly healthy the entire time. Um, 
I don't know if anyone actually blames her or feels that she even deserved the prison time that she got, but she's going to be getting released soon and hopefully she'll be able to enjoy the second half of her life. Um, I know I learned a lot from this story, but uh, let's recap. What did we learn? Number one, it's actually a miracle that Gypsy survived all of the surgeries and medications and implants that Dee Dee had, like that put that Dee Dee put her through. I mean, the feeding tube, the dental implants, shot after shot after shot after shot. It was crazy. Uh, number two, parents, if you think for one second that you know more than a doctor, you probably don't. So chill out, unless you're also a doctor then, okay, maybe you've got a point. But generally, like, if you're not a doctor, you probably don't know more than a doctor. So just, you know, let them do their job. Uh, And number three, uh, this was, this is apparent, this is what I learned for sure. You can uh, somehow jerk it in a McDonald's for an entire day. Next week on Our Weird World, we're going to lighten things up and we're going to go way back in time to look at a few different stories from the BC era. I can't imagine how many great stories were lost back then because no one was around to record them, but at least we have these few. So thanks for listening. Tell all your friends and keep it weird. 